You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. I am Lisa Rozier, and I am joined today with Guy Riemann and Dave Zampano. And today's topic of discussion is endless digital expansion. And uh, I'm going to toss it over to Guy. He's going to start off this conversation with his thoughts on uh, this fancy title. Hey, thanks, Lisa. And, and Dave, welcome. Welcome. Good to be here. So, yeah, thanks for the, the fancy title, Lisa. Endless digital expansion. So what do we mean by that? Well, I think the first thing to point out is that we came up with this title as one of the criteria on our scorecard. And, you know, we use the scorecard for, it it gives law firms the ability to really simply see where they're up to personally and at a company level in their digital capability. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you score really low or whether you score really high. The point is you score yourself and then you set yourself a target as to where you want to be. That then gives you some you know, motivation and depending on where you scored yourself on each of the different mindsets on the scorecard, it gives you some guidance as to what you need to improve on to, to get that score higher. So I am going to refer to the scorecard quite a bit during this conversation because it kind of sits nicely. I'm also going to refer to the, the book, Lisa. Yeah, I was just going to say, for those that don't know, we have our, the wonderful book, The Digitization of Law, and the scorecard you can find in the back of it. So, Guy, I'm sorry. I, I just, I knew that's where you're going. I was ahead of you, but back at you. Hey, listen. You know, I think, I think there's something else to point out here, too, Guy, about the scorecard and why it's important. All of us, and I'm speaking with my lawyer hat on, you know, lawyers, we're pretty smart rats. We know a lot. The challenge is we don't know what we know in comparison to those who really know it. So what I like about the scorecard is instead of me being in my perspective, I get to look at the scorecard and kind of read the different perspectives and fit myself into one. But what's important is that you go through the scorecard and you fit yourself in. Don't worry about where you are, because what, what the scorecard does for me is it allows me to, to see where I fit and then to see where I am in relation to everyone else. And that's what I mean about, you know, to the people who really know. So as, as you see the different perspectives under the different uh, categories and the different scoring ranges, you really start to think, wow, I'm, I'm only this part of it. I'm only in the first third. I'm in the second third. I'm in the third. Wow, I'm in the third third on this one. I'm pretty far advanced. So that's what's really nice about it. It really gives us a perspective of where we fit in relation to what's possible within each item on the scorecard. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? You may think you know, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know, but the scorecard helps you identify what you don't know and then opens your eyes a little bit sometimes. Uh, And actually, you might surprise yourself the other way and think, actually, I'm pretty good on some of these things. So uh, it's really useful. I'm still waiting for that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done yours, Dave? (laughs) I struggle. I'm not not sure I'm really far over on the right side of many, but I'm trying (laughs) So just to, to repeat, you know, the scorecard's available on our website as a download at guided.legal. It's also available as a, 
separate sheet of paper in the, the book, our book called The Digitization of Law. And I'm actually holding it up to the camera here, which is no good on a podcast, I realize, because obviously it's not a visual thing. So anyway, there we go. Well, look okay, so, guy. Yeah, well, you could see it. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> so like I say, the mindset that we want to discuss specifically today is the endless digital expansion. So if I read out the four columns that are on that scorecard to give you an understanding about what we mean by this, and actually for you to start thinking about whereabouts you are in terms of your digital thinking and you know uh, whether you you know your mindset is kind of pointing towards end- endless digital expansion. The first column, you're increasingly angry that other businesses are achieving big technology breakthroughs that you don't understand. So if you're not particularly technically advanced as a law firm, it could well be that you're in that category, but that's fine. You know, it's a starting point. And Guy, I would add the word because some people don't maybe view themselves as angry, maybe the word frustrated. Yeah. So that might be another word that resonates. So if you're someone that feels like you're in this area where, you know what, you see all this stuff going on and you find yourself getting frustrated or helpless that, you know, you're not able to benefit from it, then then that's that's a real feeling. So. Moving on to the the second column, you keep hearing that the future of business is a digital revolution, but you feel that you'll never know how to take advantage of this. So you understand that you need to be a part of this revolution, but you need some guidance and help as to how to get there. But the willingness is there. Then the third column, you feel that there aren't any new strategies or technological approaches that will produce dramatically bigger results for you. So really, you know, what we're saying there is that you think you actually have covered everything off and you're up to date and there's kind of no technologies that are going to surprise you and might be able to help you, which is an interesting one because even for people like me that know a lot about technology and digitization, things are always surprising me. So I don't think, you know, there should be too many people in that column really. This third column to me is what I call the good enough zone, meaning where people have a mindset to say, you know, I've got this, I'm doing pretty well. There's really, you know, not much more I need to look up for. This to me, in my opinion, is the greatest column of danger that prevents us from being our full selves. And what I mean by that is when we get too comfortable and thinking that we have it all figured out, we stop, we change our listening. And so I think what we all got to be cautious in this third section is we may be using a good amount of the technology and benefiting from it. But I think what this description says to me is, what else do I need to be looking for? I shouldn't get lazy in my expectations of technology. I should always be looking to see what else is possible. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, that kind of leads us into number the, the fourth and final column, really, which I think kind of covers off the last statement you just made there, Dave. So, you know, the, the statement within the fourth column says, you're increasingly confident that your strategic use of digital platforms will grow everything exponentially. So there's a couple of things there, really. Uh, one is, you know, if you are adopting the latest kind of technology and the latest platforms and the latest internal software, then, you know, you, you certainly are heading in the right direction. But the important point, Dave, that you've kind of just touched on before is that it's an ever changing world and an increasingly fast changing world. And, you know, it's one of those things you've got to keep your finger on the pulse. You should never assume that you've cracked it because there'll always be a new technology that comes along 
that improves things again. And, you know, one of the skills required really for this fourth column is not to adopt every technology that comes along because you'll be forever changing, but it's strategically to think about the technologies that you should be adopting, keep an eye on what is coming out and, you know, think about when you're going to adopt that technology or if you are, or whether you're going to wait for the next one. I, I equate that. And I know you want to come in, David, just bear with me. You know, the, the example I'd use there is a mobile phones. You know, I do not update my mobile phone every year when Apple comes along and, and does its big announcement. I update it every couple of years because it's just not worthwhile updating every year. The features involved, you know, do not make it worthwhile. And the same applies to any kind of technology, including technologies that run your businesses or new platforms that come along and that kind of thing. You've really got to think carefully about what additional benefits it gives you. If those additional benefits really are impressive, then go for it. And you know, stay ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the pack. And, you know, you will, I guarantee you, if you do that, then you will increase your business relative to everybody else. I, I agree, Guy. And as I sit here listening, a couple things come to mind. And again, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to admit this in the recording, but those of you that are around me a lot, i.e. Guy and Lisa and others, know that my proficiency with technology is not great. I mean, I struggle on some of the basic but I lead a company that's really been revolutionary in the estate planning industry for bringing technology to lawyers. How is that possible? And so I think one of the things that resonates with me, I know there's a lot of lawyers listening today that say, you know, that stuff just doesn't work for me. Uh, maybe if you're been around a little bit longer, you know, my generation, I was kind of in the middle. I grew up in the 70s and 80s where all the technology began and started. So I'm proficient enough, but not like the young whippersnappers of today, right? So I think what's really important for those of us that, that may struggle on some elements of it, that's okay. I think the key thing here is to create key relationships. And when I'm going to use this word that we in the legal industry, particularly in the estate planning industry, find trusted advisors, right? We're, we're trying to be a trusted advisor to clients. We work with financial professionals who are trusted advisors to clients. Well, I have trusted advisors in the technology part of my business that I, that I know and I trust and they understand what I'm trying to accomplish. And, and I think that's an important thing for us here that even if we're not confident that we can become increasingly confident that our strategic use of the digital platform will grow over the exponentially, as long as we surround ourselves with those relationships then know how to implement that. And I think that's an important thing for people that this doesn't have to fall on you. It might not be easy for you. It might not be your, your easy thing and you might even dread it. So just, just kind of create that relationship somewhere in your organization with someone you trust. Really good points there, Dave. I'm just going to tell you a very quick story. You know, you're saying about going back to the 80s and, and, and so on. Well, my nickname in my software company was The Pinch. So if any of you have seen Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney and, you know, those guys. A few years old now, the film. But anyway, they had that electromagnetic field and they called it the pinch. And it knocked out, when they hit the button, it knocked out anything el electrical within anything from a te technology point of view within a mile radius. Uh, and that was my nickname uh, in the office. So if anyone wanted anything testing with regards <laughs> to finding the weaknesses in the software or the weaknesses in the hardware, they came to me because I could always you break find it. A way to break it. I was the pinch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So listen, let's let's move the conversation on. So I'm going to refer to the book now. So 
and I'm looking at the book now and, uh, you know, if anyone wants it, it is on Amazon, the digitization of law or key in Dave's name or my name, and you will, it, it will come up it. And, you know, it, it really is a, I believe, an unbiased view of, of what's going to happen in the legal world with regards to digitization over the next few years. But chapters three to six kind of deal with the endless digital expansion uh, topic that we're talking about today. And, you know, the chapter three is all about the heading actually says it all. Lawyers don't have a choice. Consumers expect it. And, you know, the reality is that in most sectors that technology has moved on far quicker than it has in the legal sector to date. But it is an inevitability. It, you know, it is beginning to affect certain areas of law already. And it, it, it absolutely is going to happen. It's happened in every other sector. People have tried to push back. Governments have tried to push back in certain areas like taxes and so on. And they failed. And the reason they failed is because consumers expect it. Consumers expect to be able to do simple data processing jobs, tasks, on their mobile phone, sat on the sofa watching their soap opera while, you know, while, they're, while they're actually doing this. And they expect to be able to just save it and come back to it and finish it off later. And you know that kind of flexibility, they don't want to have to go into a, a law firm nowadays. Some people do, and that's fine. And that will always be the case. But the point is that consumers expect to have the choice about how they receive their legal services. So, you know, lawyers have to start thinking about that. And, you know, some people will come in and they can charge a premium for that because it's a premium service. Some people expect it to be uh, very easy and a little bit cheaper actually online. And that's fine as well because there's less effort required from the lawyers when that's the case. The lawyers have more time to spend on the stuff that they've been trained for, which is the more difficult aspects of law. And the other point is that the the, the law firms and the lawyers, the entrepreneurial lawyers who recognize this change actually will benefit because they'll be first to market. And you know, there's a huge market out there of untapped potential in the lower age groups. And you know, that that age group range actually will increase over the years, just as it has done in other areas. So eventually, everybody will kind of expect that. So that's the first point, and that's chapter three of the book. Guy, can I point hey, make a couple points yeah, around what you said? Because I think it's important for lawyers to understand. You know, a lot of lawyers just sit down, do the work on, yeah, 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 I get it. I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, there's something going on right now I don't know most lawyers understand. That we talk about the future. It's not the future. It's happening right now. We've all heard of legal Zoom. The challenge with legal Zoom is it's non-legal services. Now, what you should really pay attention to if you're a lawyer is legal Zoom is nearing its five million customer. Five million. Those are five million people that did not go to law firm. Now, we should also continue about that is the state of Arizona, as we all know, has just changed. There are ethics laws as of January 1st of 2021 that now allow non-lawyers to take interest in law firms. LegalZoom has already filed in the state of Arizona to be uh, guide, um, represented as a law firm. So for us, any lawyer sitting here idly and thinking that this does not have impact on you is a huge mistake. And again, you know, with the limited time we have on our remaining podcast, I just want to highlight the chapters. Three is lawyers don't have a choice, consumer expected. Chapter four is collaboration is technology. Chapter five is mindsets of an entrepreneurial journey, which I think is important, Guy. 
you talked about that briefly, and, I, and we may talk about it more, but it's chapter five and chapter six, scaling your practice digitally. So when you take all of these in context and you start to see digital technology's role in each one of these things, and you start to think of the outside forces that are already coming swinging with baseball bats. They are not swinging with feathers, folks. They are swinging with baseball bats. And this is a call to us as the lawyers that we have to get relevant. Lawyers don't have a choice. Consumers expect it. We have to become relevant to today's consumers. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get out of our perspective and we get into understanding how to be more digitized and how to interact with our clients more in these in these spaces that the consumers have become accustomed to. Just to add something that you kind of touched on there, which is scaling your practice digitally. So some lawyers, certainly some of the ones I've spoken to, seem afraid of, of what's happening in the future. They think they will become irrelevant. And actually, it's the opposite. You know, if you have the mindset that this is an opportunity, you know, the people who succeeded during the pandemic actually had the mindset that this change was, you know, happening and they had to deal with it. They didn't have the mindset where they said, oh God, this is, you know, this is dreadful, blah, blah, blah. They thought, right, okay, this is happening. How can we benefit from this? How can we change what we're doing to not just kind of maintain our revenues, but how to increase them? Exactly the same with the digitization of law. You know, the entrepreneurial lawyers and the business lawyers out there will realize that this is an opportunity and they can scale their practice so they can make money while they sleep. They're not involved in basic mundane tasks like data input on behalf of clients. They, they can concentrate on the more complex stuff so they can scale themselves and still make money out of the people that want to self-serve online and want a legal service online. As, as Dave quite rightly pointed out, most of the, the legal platforms out there, non-service platforms, you know, Guider, to our knowledge, is the first legal service platform. So yeah, the opportunity is there, people. And it's, you know, it's the the entrepreneurial minds and the business minds, they're the lawyers that are going to succeed in this ever-changing world. You know, Guy, it reminds me of a story because people are still listening here to you and to me. And they're going, yeah, okay. And they have to- I hope so, Dave. <laughs> yeah. And they have this already always listening, right? So I want to just remind people of something because you fell into one of these categories, okay? You fell into the category that I fell in or you fell into the category the other people I'm going to tell you about in this, in this very quick story. In 2018, I adopted a technology in my companies. I have several companies and we had employees spanning in six or seven different states and we were having problems communicating. So we adopted this technology called Zoom. And this was in 2018. And very quickly, it became a great way for us to communicate. In fact, the main office that had about 15 of the 30 employees would sit in a room and within a month, people online would say, look, guys, it's really hard for us to see you. So within a month, Everyone in that room went to their own offices and we actually went on the computer. Why is this significant? Because we adopted this technology and we thought it was so great. We started saying to clients, hey, you want to have a meeting by Zoom? We started saying to financial advisors we work with, hey, you want to get on by Zoom? And overwhelmingly, the answer was no. No one wanted to do it. And then COVID hit. And now there's nothing that anyone doesn't know about Zoom. In fact, people now demand Zoom. Now, here's my point in the story. Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be the one to say no, no, no? 
were you going to be the one adopting it? So we were adopting it early on. We were seeing the power of it. And then we were still getting fought by everyone. Is it going to take a catastrophe or a big two by four to our foreheads by the non-legal sector to help us really appreciate how important it is for us to be the leaders in digitizing law? Actually, the, the tech world, who are always first to adopt technology for, for blindingly obvious reasons, because that's what we do for a living. You know, really, back in 2008, we were having Skype calls with our clients in America and doing business over Skype, having two or three calls a day sometimes with multiple people, multiple tech teams. Now, that gives you an indication as to, and the tech world was the only sector to my knowledge doing that type of thing at that particular point so you know all other sectors were behind at that point but it also shows you how far behind the legal world is in terms of adopting these technologies so you know this stuff isn't theoretical this stuff is proven and happening and you just got to get on board ever expanding absolutely so great conversation we did go a little bit over but i'm sure all of our listeners thoroughly enjoyed that conversation as a friendly reminder to everyone, the book is called The Digitization of Law, How to Transform Technology's Disruption into Abounding Opportunities. That can be found on guider.legal slash about page specifically, and you'll be able to get to view the scorecard that we were referencing today, too. And again, our topic today was endless digital expansion. So thank you, gentlemen, for this great conversation. And as always, thank you to our listeners. And once again, this is the Legal Community Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.